0: Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing Jessica Jones season three, episode thirteen, A.K.A. Everything.
1: All that right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll, and I'm Jeff Randall. We've done it, my friend. We made it. Thirteen we made days it. of casting or a little less than 13 days of casting, but uh it feels all, like 13 years of casting. Uh, it's a lot. It was a lot. I'm tired. Uh but we are there and let's just talk uh, for those no well, let's face it no one's listening to this is not spoiler. So spoiler alert. I was going to say let's do a spoiler-free recap or like what we think and that's dumb. What everyone's listened. If if they're listening to episode 13, they they're into it. So spoiler alert for episode 13. Uh I was very satisfied. With the, with the season,
0: it was a really good season. I I feel like it was uh, it was better than season two, but I, that's not to say that season two was necessarily bad. This one was just really firing on all cylinders the whole time.
1: Yeah, and it had real like emotional stakes and depth throughout the entire thing with with all of the characters, and it really serviced every character that's a part of her sort of team, and including Trish who. Uh, Unfortunately, is the villain yeah. now. She is, she's the bad guy, as she says. As she says, I'm the bad guy. Mm. Oh, that was really crazy. And, and I, 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 I'd be remiss if I don't mention it right now. Luke effing cage, man. Luke mother effing swanky clothes cage. Yeah. Ah. Really great to see Luke cage. I, I said it beginning of the season that that was something they could do. I was hoping they would, but I was pretty sure they wouldn't. And I, I thought if they did it, they'd probably do it as like a weird mid-season episode like they do with the other shows sometimes. Yep. Uh, but no, they saved her for the last episode. Just had him drop in and give her a word of advice. And then mosey
0: on to let her deal with her shit
1: yeah it didn't move his character forward in like what he's doing he's still apparently a crime boss whatever that means uh, <laughs> but it was really nice to see him and it shows that he still has a kind of heart of gold but he even says oh, man some would say it's inevitable yeah he said are you planning to go too far and she said and he said some would say it's inevitable like oof. so if you play with the dark side you're eventually going to go too far is what Luke Cage seems to be getting at. Yep. Even though he's currently playing with the dark side.
0: Yep. Luke. And, you know, we're hoping that maybe he hasn't gone too far, but he did say, like, if I were to go too far, I would hope that somebody would be there to, to bring me down. Yeah, someone would
1: care enough to bring me down. Yeah. Uh, mm. It's so heartbreaking, her sitting, right. in the, sitting in the cell saying, I'm the bad guy.
0: It was in the interrogation room. Interrogation room, right? Yeah, right, right. and then that like that nod of not necessarily approval, but understanding, and you know that kind of like I'm not mad uh, look on her face when she sees Jess while she's getting on the helicopter.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, it, it's the acceptance, and just like you did, you did what you had to do, and I understand that. And the, there was just that nod, and I was like, oh, God, why? Why did you do this, trash? Why did you go so off the rails? Yep. This is what we were fearing. Why did we have to call this? We always call the bad stuff.
1: Yeah, it's true. We just have dark souls, man. Dark minds and dark I, souls.
0: I guess so. <laughs> Dark Souls is a tragically difficult game. Yeah, it is um, <laughs> it's completely uh, completely irrelevant. Uh, but we did get a little bit of a uh, little bit of confirmation that bad guys have gone to the raft, though. Yes, you know,
1: so that's positive, <laughs> is it? Oh, be- because I don't know. No, you, yeah, we knew there were some bad guys in the raft, right? No, we had said earlier
0: this season that we've never seen anybody but ex heroes or you know, like heroes that are now bad guys because of the the accords in the raft. Uh, I know we've never we've, seen, we've them, never seen but
1: they mention it on uh Agents of Shield, I believe, mentioned a few bad guys that were there. Have yeah, I'm Pretty certain because they they just, after the raft is introduced in Civil War, that's one of the things that they do is they mention the raft on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's one of the small connections we got. And they mentioned one of hmm. their, maybe one of their ex villains from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ended up on the raft or something. I don't remember who, so <laughs> who knows?
0: Maybe I'm making it up. Before the raft was a thing, um, they were sending everybody
1: to the fridge. Yeah. That's where Blonsky is yep alright yep. uh, let's, let's try to stick on anyway. course to Jessica Jones here because uh, we will go off course uh, but at least let's make it related to Jessica Jones like <laughs> let me just jump jump ahead a little bit and talk about this uh, so she's she, she's all over the papers saying uh, that she's a hero she is to em, finally embrace that she is a hero um, with the with the support of Eric and with the support of you know all of her friends and and, and being willing to take down her sister. Like all this has confirmed in her mind. She's finally accepted the mantle, right? Yep. And then she goes to the train station and I was like, where's she going? Like she's accepted the mantle of hero. The whole city thinks she's a hero. Where's she going? And I wanted her so badly, so badly to walk up to the thing and say, give me two tickets to upstate New York. (laughs) Or whatever so whatever that, uh, so that she, can
0: to, she could join the, the Avengers, Avengers man. Yeah.
1: That's what I wanted so bad. I wanted like <laughs> a I was I was I knew it wouldn't happen but because it would have made any sense time wise. If so, she would have been a part of Infinity War in Endgame and all that stuff. But uh man, I wanted her to go be a part of the like like leave the show as like all right well now i'm heading out heading to, up to the big leagues yeah cuz that's that's part of her story in the comics right she was part of the avengers before kilgrave correct um not really uh, okay. she was she was loosely friends with uh with carol danvers okay maybe that's all i'm thinking about i just remember her she was connected yeah. to that world a lot more in the comics of course cuz into the, the Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, she was also Luke's wife, and Luke was in the Avengers. Um, she spent most of her time taking care of their daughter, though, Danielle. Gotcha.
1: Well, I, I just, uh, I wanted it. I wanted it. I knew it wouldn't happen, but I wanted it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and instead, we kind of got a weird thing where she walks, she gives, she gives Malcolm the business which was nice. And then her leaving, I just wanted her to go somewhere interesting, like, uh, like Avengers or wherever, somewhere that she has. We, I just couldn't think of where she'd be going. And it turns out it's because she was planning to run. And then her, what I'm going to call her reverse conscience spoke to her. (laughs) (laughs) She saw purple and it was triggering. Yeah, it was triggering and it gave her bad advice or evil advice, or you know, yep. cowardly advice, and I just think that's interesting. That maybe she's been doing that all season when she's tempted to do something bad, like she hears her reverse conscience from the Purple Man. Like uh it's it sucks. I, I was actually thinking about how we didn't get anything from the Purple Man or even like a, a mention this season, and I yep. was kind of happy about it because I thought it kind of meant that she had she'd moved on. Yeah. But that trauma, that trauma is never going to leave her fully. But last season, she worked through a lot of it. And I thought that this story was supposed to be like sort of about not letting that trauma define her. That's kind of what I wanted, what I was thinking we were getting. And then when the last thing we see is her making a decision because of her memories of the purple man. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's mostly that she was finally
0: fighting the bad voice. Not necessarily fighting, but finally going against the
1: the don't-give-a-shit voice, you know? Yes, that's true. But I feel like she's been doing that a long time, though. So that's what made me think, like, is this her perspective all the time? Is she always having these moments where she thinks about what would the Purple Man... <laughs> WWPMD. What would the Purple Man do? WWKD. Yeah, it does the opposite.
0: I think it would be more like... WWKTMNTD. What would Kilgrave tell me not to do?
1: <laughs> do that. Yeah. That, sounds- but that doesn't fit on a wristband, though. Yeah, it sounded too much like Ninja Turtles. TMNTD. Yep. I don't know. Uh, so, it, apparently Hogarth is no longer ready to die. Yeah. I guess it's because she has Kiff back. No, she doesn't. Yeah, not at the end but she did she thought she did she thought she did and that's because she she's narcissistic as fuck yeah god it was so crazy
0: to watch it to watch her go through all of the all of the stages all of the different things that a narcissist tries to tries to to you know like so into your mind of like you know i need you you're nothing without me but i need you come back i do love you don't you believe me don't you see what i did for you see what mm-hmm. i've done and then as soon as it's as they realize that you know, you're know you actually leaving it's like well fuck you then and then they you know they cry about it hopefully
1: No, she doesn't cry. She says, You will be the last mistake I ever make. And that's the last thing we hear from her. And so I think that we're supposed to believe she goes and commits suicide right then. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope. I do. I mean, like that, that was her plan. And then the only thing that kept her from that plan was she got Kiff back. And then Kiff leaves the room and she says, You will be the last mistake I ever make. The
0: way that it, the way that it sounded to me was, was less, uh, Less I'm about to go kill myself because, you know, I don't want to deal with the world anymore, and more, like, I am going to be just a stone-cold bitch for the rest of my, you know, the the rest of my short existence. Sure.
1: Or the rest of what I got. that, That could have been said by something to the effect of, you're the last person I'll ever let in or you're the last whatever. Like there's a lot of things you could have said, but you're the last mistake I'll ever make. There's no way to control for that unless you're controlling for the fact that you will not exist after this point. <laughs> Which is what yeah. made me think that. But uh, but I, but your interpretation is definitely valid and could be. You got to
0: you got to think about it from the narcissist perspective though. She's she's trying to say whatever is going to be the most hurtful. Sure. So, you know, I'm not going to let anybody else in. It's kind of, you know, that's what an emotionally sensitive person might say. Yeah, That's somebody who, you know, understands that they do, in fact, have emotion and that other people have emotion rather than just being spiteful.
1: Yeah, man. Why did I guess because she was trying to redirect Trish's attention. But man, when she said when Jaron said that that guy was a monster. Yeah. I was like, you could have said anything. Like, she was just saying, right. like, you have to answer me. She could have said, oh no, that was for a case. It, it, he's not an evil man. He's just someone I had a difference of opinion with. But then it would have made Jaren look worse because she was trying to ruin a man. So she was like, yeah, he's a monster. I, I would only have sent you after him because he's a monster. Yeah. Mm. I was just like, uh, why Jerry? Why? You know what she's going to do. And
0: then when Trish goes to actually do it, we we hear somebody who I mean, yeah, he did a bad thing of evading taxes, but that's like that's punishable by law, not death. And he did say he hit his wife, but he got help. Like he's Yeah. He sought out someone to help him deal with himself. Like that's redeemable. That's showing redemption, being
1: you know, redemption being possible. I don't know why that moment didn't turn her around and, and I think it's just supposed to show us how far gone she was uh, that yeah. even that even with his daughter watching and she didn't still didn't look look at herself until she gets the charges read to her
0: Well yeah it's until she's in the moment where there's no talking her way out of it there's no like there's no fighting her way out of it there's no you know there's no getting away from this all of it's laid bare in front of her. She has to deal with everything that she's done. Yeah. She has to, she has to accept everything that she's done. And you know, when you're that exposed,
1: it's kind of, you know, kind of difficult to be like, no, I'm still the good guy. Well, there's that. And I think that there's something being said there about her perspective on life. She is an artist. She's a storyteller. Um, she has spent her entire life be, being kind of a, a tool of PR and and telling the world a story. She is her mother's daughter. As, as uh, Jessica says this episode, she says, you've become her. Yeah. And it, all that Dorothy cared about was how everything looked, you know? And she wanted yep. everything to look right. And I think that's sort of the way that – Trish is too, and having those charges read out made her realize, oh, when this hits the world, when everyone else knows about this, I'm not gonna be the avenging angel that was out killing bad guys. I'm gonna be the lady who did all those crimes. And she goes, yep. I'm the bad guy. Like, I think it internalized with, I think it did internalize within her that she's the bad guy, like, in, in, in a real way. But I think it had to happen through the lens of, Oh, I've lost control of this narrative. Like I'm going to look like the bad guy. And I'm not sure that looking like the bad guy and being the bad guy in Trisha's mind are any different. Yeah. That's that's probably true. I loved the moment of her fear inside that coffin. Oh yes. When it when it closes the lid he bangs it and she goes <gasps> It was just, it, that visceral fear on her face was so interesting to me because she's been so stone cold when everyone's watching. Again, it's the narrative she's telling everyone is that she's a stone cold killer. But in that moment, she is such, so, so she's just a little child. And it's, it was really sad to me. Little child in a box. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it wasn't even that
0: like he, you know, it wasn't the, the, Closing the ambulance door, bang on it, you're ready to go, kind of thing. It was it was he was putting other coffins on top of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like, no, nope, see, it's all it's part of the stack. Just another just another coffin in the stack. Aren't we all just another coffin
1: in the stack? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> um but yeah, you're right. Um There's so many moments where she should have turned around, you know? Yeah. There were so many opportunities for her to turn around. Yeah, when Eric grabbed her before when she went to the shower, you know, when Eric grabbed her and started bleeding from his eyes, that's something oh, he only did man. for Salinger before. And like Right. Oh like that's that how far gone dark. she is. But in her mind it's it's what she says. She says but the reason she's doing this is cause she can bear it. She can bear be, the evil that she has to do and that makes her strong, you know? She also tried to just spin it on him. She said he's a liar
0: and a cheater. It's probably himself that he's, that he's getting the headache from.
1: Right. It's like, bitch, he just bled from the eyes. It's not like he does that every Tuesday. Right. And in her mind, she thinks he's like, he's lying somehow that, that he is, he is producing that some other way. That's just like, he's, yeah. he's been able to tell them whatever he wants to tell them, which is kind of true. You have to trust Eric a lot, which is what's the, I love the way they ended the, the love story there is, do you want to be together? And she says, I can't trust, I don't trust you. Yep. And he said,
0: I have to, I have to do something about that. Yeah. And that's a great answer. He's so smooth. <laughs> I like Eric a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica didn't work out but Matt is
1: so willing. I'm so willing, Eric, come to me. <laughs> um but that the, the whole idea of her being able to bear it and she can do the thing that no one else can do, that's why she can do it. She can put up with the evil. You know who that sounds like? That's the Punisher. Oh, oh I was like, I was like um Thanos. That too. That too. He's the one who, like, and that's the thing, that's uh, the more and more we look at this, the, the examination they have of what makes someone a villain on this show is very clearly making Punisher a villain. Um, yeah. <laughs> now that, that, he's a villain, he's an anti-hero, he's a villain we love to watch, but ba- based on their logic on this show, based on the interpretation of heroism versus, um, sort of self-centered, um, crackpot, crazy, violent person. Uh, that's what Punisher is. Yeah. And, uh, man, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. It kind of, uh,
0: kind of makes us take a look at ourselves. Cause you know, we were all about being behind Punisher and mm. still probably are. Mm, yeah. I mean, like it's especially it's... when he gunned down those random women in the street. Huh.
1: I don't think we've ever been fully on board with pun- I like, I'm definitely get excited watching Punisher and I enjoy watching what he does when he's taking down spectacle. the bad guys. It's a spectacle and it's, you know, there is a- it's it's like you say when she killed Salinger. There's a relief there. There's- there's a, yeah. a, a, a relief that, that he took out the bad guys. He's doing, sort of doing the Lord's work. <laughs> um, it's just- do the ends justify the means? Like, and I don't know. I don't know. Um, my favorite line, favorite line in the episode was, don't try to be a hero. It's a shitty job. Yes. That was representative of the entire arc of Jessica Jones. Don't try to be a hero. It's a shitty job. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, that's, that's,
0: that's Jessica's start to finish. I'm yeah. glad that, that like, that's what she said in the last episode. Cause like, you know, she's, Grown, probably, but
1: yeah, definitely. <laughs> she's grown.
0: she's grown emotionally, um, but she still just has this like super bitter outlook on everything. Yeah, I have to say though, it was really creepy the way she was standing in Grand Central and just smiling. Oh yeah, why is that? I don't know. Just the way that she smiled. Maybe I'm just not used to seeing Kristen Ritter smile like ever. But interesting it did not bother uh, well, I'm me i'm not i'm not used to seeing jessica jones smile the way that jessica jones smiled was really creepy and weird especially right after Kilgrave, because one of the first things that Kilgrave said to her in the comics um is that he didn't like the face that she was putting on he said let's let's see a smile and she had this like horrific looking just pained desperate to get out of their smile right before he was like take all off take off all your clothes and, you know, she had to, she had to, because he's a purple man. But like, right after she hears his voice, she does that smile and it's creepy.
1: Hmm. I did not take it that way. Uh, I think it was her finally smiling sort of free of him, or at least in an, in in a, in a, in a p- opposition to him or her memory of him. Oh man. Good, good season. Really good season. Yeah. It was. Um, what do you think of where they left off Malcolm? You know,
0: I really, I don't know. I, I want to say that I really wish that he had gotten a chance to talk to, to Zaya and like explain himself and you know really like lay bare how bad he feels he's been and how much he thinks that he doesn't. You know he's he doesn't deserve her, and how they're just very different people on different you know different pages as far as like what's right and what's wrong. So you know there's no way they could be together because they have such such you know such um, clashing values, I guess. And instead, it was just that it was left at oh you have another girl, you fooled another one. Like damn it. <laughs> Damn yeah. it, Malcolm. Damn it.
1: Mm. It was, it was a tough spot. And I'm glad that's not the last thing we saw of him. We saw him take over the investigations, which I thought was a cool end for him, but it was, yeah. it was, it was a sad, like relational end for him for sure. Um, and him saying, I love you was so weird. It was so weird with his, yeah. with another girl in the next room, you know? And, and then I also hated to hear the, the, the prostitute sister say, um, we have an arrangement. It's just an arrangement because I was like, Oh, I thought that wasn't supposed to be just an arrangement. God, I don't know what's going on here. It was just a dark way to end his sort of relationship storyline. I don't know if she was just saying that to her because she was trying to not be in his way. I don't know, man. It was, it was crazy.
0: Yeah. Like, one of the recaps that I had read um, at one point said that um, she had shown up and then, yeah, he, told her you can say as long as as you need to. And then they started a relation or started a real relationship. And I was like, that's
1: not what I read at all. That's, like that, that situation is, is not how I played it that out. That is what I read. That is absolutely what I read. Um, it seemed like they were really starting something, uh, based on how they both felt, not based on an arrangement. And then she says that. And I was like, oh, I don't even know how I feel. This kind of felt like they, had already written the most of this season when they found out they were canceled. And then they added the scene where she walks to grand central or whatever, uh, or, hands over the business and then walks to grand central. Like they, it seemed like maybe they had planned to do more with another season. Uh, yeah. but they, it, it's still a pretty nice end to the whole story.
0: Yeah. It's time to close the door on alias
1: investigations. Yep. Ah, uh. uh, well, I think that's about all I have to say. Anything else you want to talk about this episode today? Uh, not today. There's, I, I really want all of the feedback yeah, from everybody. We've, we've got a bunch already uh, locked in. Uh, we're probably going to do an Agents of Shield in the next couple days, and then um, actually we might do a double Agents of Shield because we, I think one comes on tomorrow, so we're, we're probably not going to make yeah, it. We're so far behind. Uh, well, just one week, but Jessica Jones has taken our. Uh, this week's episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was real good, though. Um, but we'll be, uh, we'll be back in a couple, uh, probably tomorrow, or the next day with some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and then we'll do a Jessica Jones feedback. So, uh, if you want to get your Jessica Jones feedback in, get it in. And then we'll be all Spider-Man all the time for a couple of weeks. So we're super excited about Spider-Man. Yeah, we are. I'm at the
0: stage now in, uh, in the Spider-Man hype train where I just completely cut off myself from looking at anything I'm like I don't want any uh, I don't want any trailers I don't want clips I got n- nothing none of it yeah stopping
1: stopping here I'm, I'm avoiding everything at this point um, every once in a while a trailer will come on and I'll watch it but I try to avoid even that uh, well, guys, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. We'll be back with you real soon. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on all of the social medias. Just search for Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. You should be able to find us. Uh, subscribe, like, favorite, uh, review us, all that good stuff. we got a lot of stuff coming with the Spider-Man review, and uh, hopefully we'll get a lot of new listeners, and we'll be able to expand this conversation to more folks. It really means a ton that you guys listen. Um, Eric, we, we love you. Very much. You can uh, support the cast over at patreon.com slash mcu cast. Or if you'd like to hear more from me, I have the Star Trek Universe Podcast and the Oroville Universe Podcast, which should be live now everywhere. Woo! Woo! Um, And uh, I know it's on Stitcher and it will be on iTunes by the time this drops in the main feed. So uh, if you're a patron, you may hear this before it drops, but it'll be on iTunes. So check out the Oroville Universe Podcast, or you can check out my music. Just search for Matthew Carroll wherever you get music. Peace!
0: Until next time, true believers.